Welcome to another edition of Not Your Father's Data Center. I am Raymond Hawkins, your host, and we are uh, fortunate enough to be joined for a second time by Andrew Jay, uh, our friend in London uh, with CBRE, I believe head of data center solutions for EMEA for, you know, uh, longer than he may want to admit, but a few decades. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Raymond. Very good indeed. How are you? We are good. Thank you so much. Uh, I know my team gets upset with me when I date these, but uh, so I won't date them. But we're we're recording here in the fourth quarter of 2022, and um, the economy's gotten a little soft on us, and uh, interest rates are going up. And I think there's lots of questions about our business. Uh, so, so as I think about things that that I'd love to chat with you about, Andrew is is how to you know everyone talks about flap or flap d uh love to hear how the the big markets um are handling um the incredible growth we've had the last couple of years love to talk about the second tier markets over there a little bit and love to talk about how uh, my friends on the other side of the big water uh, are are viewing a, what you know I don't want to say we're in a global recession yet but but certainly we're in we're in a little bit of a slowdown so love to talk about all three of those at, at a high level uh Andrew if you'd love to tackle any of those in order uh but before we get into those business things I'd, I'd love it if uh, you'd remind the folks that have that have not uh who have heard you before or this is their first time a little bit about yourself that'd be great Wow. Yeah. So very un-British this bit. Um, a little bit about myself. So I, yeah, I've been uh, I've been at CBRE a long time, but I know you said talk about my family and things. So I've got uh, I live in London, near London, just outside, um, up in the countryside, about a thirty-minute, uh, thirty-mile journey into central London. It takes me about an hour. I've got uh, a wife and two fantastic kids, two boys, Harry and Ollie. Uh, they are nineteen and just. About to be 21, so uh, an interesting time for them. Um, and I enjoy university the- for both of them at that age. Yeah, uh, well, one's at university um, studying psychology, and the the younger one has just done his what we call our A levels um, prior gotcha. to university, and he's having a year out. And so right. he is, uh, yes, he's doing some more uh, exams and, uh, he'll be getting a job and all those sorts of good things before going to uni in about a year's time. So yeah, all, all is, uh, all is good. Excellent. Yeah. We call that a gap year over here. And, and both of mine graduated young, graduated at 17. So they took a time off between high school and college. So I, I hear you there. All right. So you live in north of town in the country, uh, wife and kids, um, do you want to get into the details around do you, your your football club? Do you have one? I mean, let's let's get right down to the nitty gritty. Arsenal's at the top of the table. Uh, they're, they're they're squawking a good bit. Does that does any of that move you, or do you not care? So so not not particularly. But I I was born in um, the in in Yorkshire, which is one of the the, the counties of England in a place called Sheffield. And for any football fans out there, we've got two big teams: Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. So uh, I, I was always uh, on the Sheffield United side, but uh, Wednesday always seemed to perform a hell of a lot better. So I think I made a, a poor choice there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's not 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 something I'm looking at it all the time. Uh, my my pals that I cycle with and things they're always chatting about the football, and uh, I sort of glaze over a little bit at that stage. But uh, yeah, it's uh, something for everybody. Gotcha. Well, well, tell us now. You, you've opened the door now. Tell us what bike you ride. Um, this is a cycle. So I, I yeah, am yeah. so so heavily into my cycling that um, 
I, I actually have a bike that I don't, even, don't even know what it's called. A pal of mine who's really into his bikes, Kenny, he was showing me his new super duper bike. I don't know what it is, but it cost him thousands. And I said, well, what's wrong with your old one? And I ended up in that conversation, uh, putting his old bike in my car. And so I've got his secondhand bike, you know, it's, uh, but we're going in a recession. So you've got, you've got to tighten your belt, haven't you? Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a specialized guy. So, so I ride the specialized Tarmac SL4, um, bit this is my third specialized. So yeah, I, I love the, I love the social aspect of riding the bike. Um, you know, they're, they're during the week I go out by myself and, you know, I probably don't want to do any more than 30 or 40 miles on my solo days. Cause it's just too boring by yourself. But I love the weekends when you can spend two, three hours, chatting it up with a peloton of guys and and getting a ride in so i really really enjoy it yeah that's that's me it's the chat and then the the bacon sandwich and the coffee at the end after a couple of hours that's uh, what it's all about yeah that's right yeah and you don't feel guilty having a big breakfast after the ride you're like look i just yeah. did 50 miles i can eat whatever i want <laughs> You've got well, it. very good well, Andrew, glad to hear that uh, we've learned you're a, you're a Sheffield United guy. You're a cyclist, uh, although a frugal one, which is wise because I've got friends that have $30,000 bicycles and I just can't even imagine. I'm like, why would you, you know, <laughs> that bike's not going to make you that much faster. <laughs> but uh, but boy, I, I have friends that really get nuts. I have friends that have three, right? They have their their they have their uh, flat road setup bike that's 20 or 30. They have their mountain climbing bike that's 20 or 30,000. And then they have their TT bike that's, I'm like, guys, you, do you need $90,000 worth of bicycles? Stop. It's ridiculous. But It's a lot of bike. That's uh, my goodness. I can't even imagine it. Uh, that's a lot of bicycle. I, th- those are my friends who don't have kids in university. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you for letting us learn a little bit about you. We enjoy that. Um, you, you take the other ones in whatever order you'd like. We'd, we'd love to hear about the big markets, love to hear about tier two, and love to hear about how um, Europe is thinking about where we are in the in the economic cycle, right? The business cycle. It appears you know U.S. is tightening. You guys have the I know the pound is is uh, is gotten a little bit uh, weak lately, and there's been some tumult in your uh, in your government as far as banking systems. So so how's the world looking at how's the rest of the world looking at the economy? Any of those three you want to take first? That'd be great. Yeah, I guess it all pushes down onto the data center market directly. So I. I thought we were pretty insulated from the downturn in, say, the you know in the industrial and logistics market, which has seen an absolute downturn, a real pounding. And I thought the data centres were, were were doing all right actually, um, just because of our underlying uh, demand from the end users. But actually, that's now starting to percolate through, particularly for the investors. So we've had one investor pulled out of two of our transactions where we're selling data center investments and their reason was they just said look why would we buy now when we can buy in a year's time at a lower rate um a lower entry cost and have lower costs of debt and it's difficult to you know argue against that so i think the investment market certainly had a a downturn if you just look at the quoted developer operators um stock prices you know that's a pretty good indication as well as there's been a lot of a lot of value uh degrading out there um you know in the in the last few months but you know it's not often that we've got the uh you know the the, from a, a uk perspective the brexit fallout uh we've got uh an awful war on our doorstep first real real one in my lifetime 
that's close to home. And of course, we've got the um, you know the shakeout of the two years of the pandemic. So it's a it's a pretty amazing set of circumstances that we've got that we're we're living through at the moment. So, Andrew, I, and I appreciate you being willing to take you know not really data center subjects and and talk about them and and give our listeners perspective from from Europe, um, which which we really really appreciate. You hit on some big ones, right? The, the post the pandemic, the war in Ukraine. Um, there's there's talk here in the U.S. about concern for the energy uh, across Europe through the winter. Um, any uh, and and how that impacts our data center business. Um, you know, if we end up, you know shortages on fuel and we need to be on generators and you know we're getting asked those questions by all of our customers how is that getting um discussed and how's that viewed from a from a macro you know business cycle sense but also from a data center sense uh, you know worried about fuel and energy and and heating oil and those kinds of things during through the winter yeah so it, it's a a massive concern for everybody uh, in that such a large quantity of our gas was coming from Russia, and that's pretty much stopped now. Um, I think Germany, something like forty percent of their energy effectively was coming from um, from Russia. I may have that slightly wrong, but you know, in other words, it was a massive, massive uh, amount. And so we've got some real, real challenges on the energy side, and. I think there's 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 a lot of energy out there, but getting it distributed around to the the places that need it is 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 really tough. So we are, if I talk from a, a UK perspective, so I actually chaired a meeting with our one of our government departments just two or three weeks ago, specifically saying, look, if and it's a big if, and you know, we mustn't over dramatize this or panic people but if there were to be any kind of rolling uh, power outages uh, in the winter and i think it's i think it's doubtful we are going to have them but we have to prepare for them and, and we are talking about it and the government department um we're saying well what's what's the what's the impact on the data center side and we say well you know, don't worry about the data centers. It's what happens inside them that you've got to worry about. It's the financial markets. It's the the traffic lights on the streets. It's the health service. You know, it's everything. Um, and so I, I think the view is that, look, the data centers are designed to operate off the mains power. That's you know, the point of having the redundancy and resilience. So you mentioned um, prioritizing diesel, and, and and to your point, when when I talk about let's keep the data centers up, it's not so our businesses can run. I think you make a great point. It's so that the businesses that we serve, right, the cru crucial critical systems, right, hospitals and lights and transportation, all the things that run in our buildings, all the logistical things that run out of our buildings, that stuff needs to keep running. And 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 we're really, for, for lack of a better term, we're kind of the utility provider, right? We're, we we provide the environment for all of those services. And thinking about diesel fuel, that was that was probably my first thought is, hey, um, is there going to be sufficient diesel fuel for us to be able to operate offline if we lose, uh, you know, uh, uh, utility power? And it sounds like you guys are already ahead of that and already thinking about that. And, um, you know, winter presents a problem here, but not quite on the same scale that it does in Europe. So good good to hear that y'all are talking about it and thinking about it and uh, and and. Uh, 
you know, also want to remember that uh, sure wish that uh, we weren't at war. We wish that there wasn't a war going on to cause these kinds of problems either. Far, far more serious humanitarian issue than, but we do need to think about running the businesses while it's going on. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking about that as a, as a, as a macro problem. Um, how, how do you guys, and, and I'm not necessarily asking you to speak for CBRE, but how do you guys feel, you know, about slowdown? Do you, do you, I, I appreciate you, you mentioned in some in, Projects have slowed down or investors have pulled out. Um, do you think this continues for a while? Do you think this is short-lived? What's, what's your thoughts on um, – I, I look back and we're, we're coming out of two years of just crazy demand for what we do because of the pandemic and the work-from-home economy. And uh, I, I don't think that trend can continue, but, but I'm with you. I, I do feel like there's some level of insulation in our industry, right? People aren't getting less um, – you know, they aren't spending less time on the internet. They're not getting a less uh, digitized future. So I don't know. Um, it might just be a slow in the growth. Yeah, I think um, looking at the the macro side, and you know, I've, I've got no crystal ball, but the the interest rates, so our interest rates in the UK, the Bank of England raised them today, literally just um, about three hours ago, uh, by seventy five basis points. That's the biggest single rise we've had in our base rates for something like 20 years, you know, plus. And so it's that cost of borrowing um, that is the, the real, it gives us the real impact. Um, and so when is that going to change? Well, our current view um, on the data center side is we're probably going to see some further increases and we'll probably see it peaking in quarter two of next year before it then starts to come down. And a, a lot of our financing for the data center projects and, and general property lending is linked to the, the swap rates, often the five-year swap rate. And so we're, we're, we're looking and looking with our economists as when that's going to start to come down. Yeah, I think towards Q2 and middle of next year, that should start to come down. But it's it's other things as well because we, we've got the loan to value ratios have come down significantly. We were at 70, 75% loan to value. We're now, we're down at 60% um, if you can get it. So actually getting access to those more expensive funds is becoming uh, pretty tough. And the loan premiums, uh, the risk premiums on these loans are going up significantly as well. So where if you go back 12 months, there were quite a few people in the market who perhaps hadn't got massive track records, um, but they may have had you know, a really nice piece of land. Um, those people are struggling now to be data center developer operators, you know, and we're, we're almost going back to the, the really established companies who have got revolving credit facilities and you know, deep pockets um, that they, they can stick a lot on the balance sheet uh, without it hurting you know too much and those people are really coming to the fore because of the the economic problems um, but I mean do you want me to talk about some of the demand as well because I think the demand yeah is, yeah that, is, that, that, is that ha happy to transition to the demand side but yeah no I, I love this talk about completely agree with you that that um, you know, our, our uh, federal, Fed raised three quarters of a point yesterday. 
um, credit continues to tighten. Um, it, not only not only in what it costs, but but how much is available. I mean, almost exactly the description you gave for for there in the UK and and in Europe. So very similar view here. Uh, harder to get money. Uh, gonna really really tax the guys that don't have the balance sheet or the track record to, to withstand uh, the tightening po- credit policies, the the, the limited uh, amount of funds, or the increased cost of the funds that you can get. It, it's it's going to be tough for the guys that are fairly new to this business or have a fairly small portfolio. It's going to get really, really hard, I think. Yeah. yeah. Love, love to switch and talk to the man side. But yeah, I think this this part to me is fascinating as well, the uh, what's going on and, and how how future development gets funded. Yeah. The, and the, the demand, and I, I think you wanted to talk about some of the the emerge, well, secondary and, and emerging markets. So we'll, I'll, I'll try and hold back from those altogether at the moment and just talk about uh, our flap D markets, which I think everybody knows that's the Frankfurt, London, Amsterdam, Paris and, and Dublin market. And we are continuing to see sig- really significant growth of demand from the, the big hyperscalers. You know, it's, 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 it's as simple as that. Um, so this year, 2022, we will see total take up for the year we reckon is going to be just shy of 400 megawatts of oh my new new data center space coming online in those four markets those flat d markets and the the new supply is actually going to lag behind that a little bit and it's it's one of the first years we've seen more take up than we have new supply coming on uh, new supply i think we're going to be at about 380 ish megawatts coming on so a little bit of a mismatch there but it just shows how strong the the demand is and and that take up is higher than it was last year not by much by only by probably 10 or 20 megawatts which is nothing really in the in the scheme of 400 but uh, you know there will be a um a slight increase so we're just we're just in this new normal it's extraordinary if you think back gosh six or seven years um you know, 100 megawatts was a was an incredible year, like a really incredible year above the long term average. And now we're talking about 400. It's uh, it's amazing. And 800 think- over two years is just staggering. I mean, that's a staggering amount of growth in a two year window. Just uh, the fact that our industry could finance it, the fact that our industry could build it, the fact that our customers could absorb it. I mean, th- those are just incredible numbers. Yeah, and I know it's not you know it's not Northern Virginia, um, but it's it, it's a lot of a lot of megawatts and a lot of investment. But it's getting particularly in these flat markets, flat D markets, it's getting more and more difficult to not just because we talked about the funding elements and that's getting quite hard, but finding land appropriate to build data center data centers on is becoming incredibly difficult because whilst we've got this high demand it's hugely polarized towards the existing availability zone so you take all of our big markets take paris take london or or frankfurt you've got a tiny area which has the main availability zones and it's those zones that are increasing in size we had always i guess hoped that the hyperscalers would be able to say fine you know we've got a, we've got an availability zone there in in london west london slough wherever 
let's now go to East London, build a new one there where there's more power, more land. But that hasn't really happened. And they are very much focusing uh, on these existing areas. And it's the same, you know, the, the Sossenheims, um, you know, the parts of Paris and, 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 and areas like that. And so we are getting to the stage now where we are out of surplus power on the grid that's available in the geographic areas that we have the availability zones. And so what that means is our lead time now in some of these big markets for power delivery uh, can be as much as eight, nine and ten years, which is just ridiculous. Clearly, no one can yeah, wait yeah. eight, nine. Yeah, no one's planning years. that far out. Yeah. No. Exactly. Are you seeing it? Andrew, I know that, I mean, I think it's been pretty well publicized that Dublin's, you know, done with power for a while. Um, and, and I think your description, right, it's amazing the the um, gravitational pull around these AZs, right, and how much demand has to stay in that little sub-market inside, you know, Frankfurt or London or Amsterdam or Paris. Um, are, are you in, – in those little tiny sub-markets, are you seeing – any of them that have available little power growth or, or, or and, I, and I'm not saying name them by name, but you go, hey, Frankfurt's not as bad as Dublin. I mean, how, how do you rank them as far as who's going to be able to have some available power? Because we see the exact same description. I mean, four, five, six, eight years. We just can't plan around that from a power delivery perspective. Yeah, we've got – we're in an interesting time at the moment because a lot of – developer operators of data centers, but also traditional real estate companies twigged, let's say, a year, 18 months ago. How do you leverage value from your real estate for data center? Well, you get a, a zoning permission on it um, and you get the planning permission. Uh, sorry, and you get the, the power reservation. And so assuming the place is in the, the right location and the locations we're talking about. So what those companies have done is, is put these massive power reservations into our national grid in the case of the, the UK, same exactly the same dynamic in the other countries. And we're in that sort of shakedown period at the moment where a lot of power has been tied up but hasn't yet been used. And so there are sites that are being traded on the back of having a power reservation attached to the site itself. I mean, and that's just mad. Um, yeah. We've never had that before, but but that is what's happening. So th the answer to your question is we're in a shakedown period at the moment where the currently tied up power is gradually being used up. That's going to take probably a year to two years, probably, probably a good two years in fairness. And then we really, really are out of power in these areas. And so it's at that point that we will have to then leapfrog. And I think this is what's going to happen. Um, it's going to leapfrog to somewhere else. And I think they're probably going to go to, to take a, a much, much broader view and say, look, where is there a large amount of power? Uh, if we can get green power, then 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 that would be fantastic. Where is there a lot of land? And, and how can we match up all of these factors 
and go somewhere where we can start to build some just really big campuses rather than the sort of hand-to-mouth existence that, that that is the case at the moment where you choose a, a highly populated, um, very, very busy uh, you know, real estate market to grow in. Wow, Andrew, I, the, you, you said something there that um, land is trading based on the power commitment or the power contract or the power availability. Someone's someone's tied up that commitment with the the generator or the service provider. Um, that that's become the long pole in the tent is just unbelievable. It's really really um, shocking that that's that, but but it's true. The, the 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 power demand is so big for our customers that you know I. I Tell folks all the time. My customers ask five questions. They ask them in order, and they ask them, you know, every time. Are you in the right market? So, are you in the right AZ? Can I kind of put the pin where I want to put the pin? Can you get me the capacity I need when I need it? And can you show me how I can grow to the size I need to grow to? Those are the first three questions, and they're all around power, right? I mean, yes, location matters, but the location only matters if there's power to do question two and question three. And yeah, I'm, it's fascinating to hear that land is trading based on power commitment. Um, and, and, and you also nailed it because once we get all the power we can get out of the grid in, let's say, a London, right? Uh, I don't know who the name of your power provider off the top of my head, but they're not going to build, you know, another 30% of infrastructure in Slough, right? That's not happening, right? There's just not capacity for it. So so your idea that we've got to jump somewhere else, I think is dead on. And, and I think your timing's right too. Two, three years from now, we're going to be asking, okay, where can I develop to support Frankfurt that's not Frankfurt? Where can I develop to support London that's not London? Because we've just about, um, you know, tapped out what the what the energy providers can give us um, yeah here here yeah. fascinating and, stuff and I, and I think there's i mean there's some also some sort of concerning effects as well um so i've got one uh public authority in west london who have, have come to me and said look we we can't build the houses that we need because the housing developers um, who are building big blocks now want electric vehicle charging points, which they have to have. That's a planning regulation. They have to move, in this case, to air source heat pumps to, to reduce the reliance on gas. So their total domestic power consumption is at least doubling and some. And so suddenly these people wanting these big blocks are saying, well, we, we, we now can't get the power because we're, we're in the queue behind the data center people. And so the, the planners are saying, well, we're not going to give permission to build the data centers if the data centers are gobbling up the power and we can't house our people. So there's a huge number of, of effects of all of this. And what we're trying to do is very much bring the the end users to the table with the public authorities and say, look, how do we sort this out together? You know, the, all of these people want to be using social media. They all want to use the benefits of data centers. Um, but we, we've got we've got to coexist well together. So we're trying to do that at the moment, bring some of these groups together. So things like district heating systems is one thing that we're looking at. Heat as a byproduct of the data center, feed it into a district heating system, put it into these blocks of flats and reduce their power load as a result. And, and, and it's a lot more environmentally friendly. So there's loads of stuff that we're doing, which I'd never would have dreamt of being involved with just two years ago. 
Yeah, great point. I, I love the um, – I you, you hear in our industry, oh my gosh, you guys use a lot of power. Your industry is not green enough. You're not responsible enough. And and I think that you know the, the phrase data center, um, folks don't get what that means. So I, I try to tell folks all the time when they ask what I do for a living, I just say, hey, hold up your cell phone. That's what I do for a living. Everything that goes on in that phone happens in a data center, everything on your phone. And uh, because I think it, to, to your point, folks don't want to get on – Snapchat less or, or Instagram less or order their food less or, or, you know, chat with their friends less. They, or, or order a ride or any of those things, right? They don't, they want all of that incredible convenience at the end of their hand. Well, that runs in a data center. That's what a data center is. And, and, and I think we as an industry have to do a better job telling folks, you know, we're the guts of everything you do right here. And, and you don't, you don't want to go back to a flip phone. I'm pretty sure. Um, so. <laughs> So, uh, so let's let's figure out how to how to make this work together. A- absolutely. So, well, let's let's take a few minutes, if you would, Andrew, and talk a little bit. I, I love this big picture stuff. This is so good. Really, really helpful uh, from an understanding and, and perspective. Um, would you talk a little bit about um, what, what we might consider tier two? You know, outside of Flap D, what's what's going on in the rest of the continent? I, th- I think of cities. You know, whether it's Rome or Berlin or Prague or Madrid or Milan, any of the, what, what are some other things happening out there? So there's a, a heck of a lot happening and it's, um, you know, certainly whilst our focus has always been front and center on the flap D market, we're seeing as much growth in absolute terms in the tier two markets. And, and I almost, I'm reticent to call them tier two markets now. Um, just all, all of those other markets now are getting availability zones in them. So yes, Italy in Milan and Madrid in Spain, um, the, the Switzerlands are very well established, but now we're starting to see the Belgians and the Finlands, um, you know, Warsaw uh, in Poland, Austria, um, has, has got a, a zone announced. Greece, I mean, who would have thought it? You know, but but good on Greece. There's one there. Norway and Denmark. You know, just I think we we did top them up, and there's 55 um, open or announced cloud zones, so public knowledge announced zones. 55 now in um, in Europe, which is extraordinary. And if you if you go back. Two years, I don't know what the number was, but it was it was nothing like that. So it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even close. Yeah, <laughs> it, was yeah it was probably in the teens. Yeah, it was probably in the it teens was, so three years ago. The, so the journey has definitely gone from yeah, okay, we're 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 anchoring in these big markets. Um, they were then starting to go into what we called the tier two markets at the time, and now all hell's broken loose, and we, you know we're, we're going everywhere because at the end of the day, we've got latency issues and we've got data protection issues which mean that if you want to provide the quality of service which the big hyperscalers do to governments big companies as well as then some of the private individuals you've got to be in region and that's the thing that's created this localized demand yeah yeah boy that's um yeah i didn't even open the appinger wide enough i didn't think about it right norway and finland and and austria i mean it's 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 going on everywhere and not not only the the uh, data sovereignty data privacy data protection all of that every country's got a slightly different view on it it's um uh it's it's fascinating to see how quick 
it is gone, right? I mean, to your point, 55 and, announced cloud zones. I had no idea the number was that high. And just looking at that numbers-wise, um, Raymond, so I think by the end of next year, so end of 23, because we've got really good line of sight to exactly what's being built. You know, mm-hmm. Anything coming on next year is, is under construction now. So for the end of next year, in those flap D markets, there'll be 3,500 megawatts of of IT capacity in modern colo facilities. Um, in that same period, we think there's going to be another 2,500 megawatts in all of the other locations. This is total um, capacity. That makes six gigawatts. So three and a half in the flaps, two and a half gigawatts elsewhere, six. And that is starting to get it to be a huge number. So if you look at that two and a half gig in the in the the secondary markets compared to the flaps, you can make a hell of a living getting involved in that lot. <laughs> To your to your point, I'm not sure we should call them secondary anymore. <laughs> two two and a half gigawatts yeah, yeah. of capacity. Yeah, I mean, and 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 to, to think about that, we're looking at you know, you, you take Madrid, you know, a market that's probably going to be in the 250 or 300 megawatt range fairly quickly. To the fact that we're saying that second uh, tier two market, I mean, it's it's getting big everywhere. That's a, that's the simple way to say it. It's shockingly yeah. big everywhere. Yeah, I think Madrid will be 170 odd, 172 megawatts. I think it is by the end of next year. And yeah, that's what we're not far from 20, two and change. Yeah, yeah. no, no, absolutely. And at the at the end of 2021, it was 77. So it's a 125 yeah. percent increase um, over two years. Which which and I appreciate it's coming from a, a relatively low base, but you know, and that's 172 megawatts is a lot of megawatts, and it's of course it's growing. And this that mm-hmm. that's actually delivered capacity. Um, like yeah. a Milan, it will have gone from I think eighty-five to one hundred and fifty megawatts, um, and even you know the, the likes of Marseille and Vienna, they'll be they'll be fifty, sixty, seventy megawatt markets. You know it, that that's that's where there's some real action taking place. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. The numbers are uh, the numbers continue to be um, shocking everywhere and and we're really talking north america and and uh, and europe uh there, there's a lot going on in in asia as well and i think latam and africa are coming not that far uh out either not not i'm not going to broaden the spectrum of our conversation but we're really talking north america and europe i mean there's a ton going on in africa there's a ton going on in latam and, and a ton going on in asia it's it's truly incredible uh, the trajectory of the industry that, that we, we both get to to be in, and uh, certainly um, expect my, a little my, bit of a slowdown, but but not in our space for a while, that's for sure. So, Martin, just my quick anecdote on on Africa, as as you raised the subject, was, and I, I went out there a few weeks ago because a year ago we had no data center live instructions as CBRE there. Today we've got nine. So we're either buying or selling land in nine specific uh, cases, and it's not all South Africa. We're into Kenya and, and a lot of the the, the, the new markets. Um, and I have to say, when I went out there, toured the, the Terraco facilities and things, which I last toured probably seven or eight years ago, and they are ginormous and they are of fantastic quality. Um, you know, it's exactly what you'd expect anywhere in you know in a, in, a, in a really modern location. So yeah, I think Africa is really interesting, but 
it, it's tough to do business there, hugely tough. Um, and it's a, a different world to, um, to, to, to mainland Europe from a, a, a doing business point of view. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to, I know, perhaps if we speak in a year's time, see what to, see what's actually happened over there. Well, boy, uh, we would agree with you. It has changed dramatically. We, 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 are, we are doing work in Africa. And to your point, it's not South Africa, right? You can't support the continent from South Africa. It is going to be um, multiple markets and, and, a, and a growing market. And when I think about the future of our industry, um, you know, the future being 10 years from now, as, as I approach retirement, I think it's going to be an incredible remark, uh, market, Africa, for, for uh, just because it continues to modernize and continues to grow. and. Um, their economies continue to grow. It's it's going to start to look like uh, I, I'll just one personal anecdote. The first time I went to Africa on a mission trip, I was fascinated. Uh, we, we fly in and land on a dirt runway and take a you know a, a cart off into the middle of nowhere and I walk into this village where we're staying for the week. And a woman walks up to me with her cell phone. And uh, the town has no two story buildings. It has no sanitation. It has no plumbing. It has no electrical generation. And I was like how are you on a cell phone? And she's like, oh, we have a cell tower and it runs on a generator and we all charge our cell phones off of car batteries. We just skipped over the landline phase because there was no point in building a landline network there. And and I think we're going to get a little bit of that, right? I think we're going to get that in the data center business where Africa is going to get the latest, greatest, and the best because they don't have to live through all the legacy of how we built out data centers here for the last 25 years. Yeah. I mean, it's that, and that, it's that young massive population um and there's an amazing map that um, one of my colleagues did where he, he, he had a map of africa and then he put the whole of the united states into it the whole of china and the whole of europe and they all fitted perfectly and there was plenty of space left over and people myself included have absolutely no idea how big the place is but that young population high propensity to use technology and particularly cell phones the, the the issue is gdp and so you know this is the 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 big 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 question is you know at what point does their gdp take off which will then you know um allow the purchase of some of these um, these more it and data center heavy services Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll we, cover that one later. Yeah, well, Africa will be a fun subject for us in the future. That's a good one. I boy, I completely agree with you. The um, I think uh, it's a fact a lot of people don't know. Most maps, most maps of the globe actually shrink the size of the continent of Africa just to make it fit. Um, and, and, and I will tell you, having, having been there and flown in small airplanes over the continent many, many times, it is so vast. It is unlike any place you ever have seen. It, the, the vastness of Africa is just unbelievable. So I, I know what our next podcast will be. <laughs> we'll talk about the African continent and, 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 the, and the markets there. Andrew, I really appreciate you taking time. This has been great. Uh, always impressed with your knowledge and your professionalism and your experience and and, and, and helping us understand uh, the market a little bit better. And uh, good luck to, to you and to CBRE, our friends there, and, and uh, to you and your family headed into the holidays. We, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Raymond. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you.